Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is Business Growth Radio, better known as Solutions on Demand, and it is Season 5, our first show of the of Season 5, which is also our first show of 2019. And the show's title is How to Turn Around a Business if You're Going to Do It Yourself. So you are listening to WNTW 820 AM or 92.7 FM, The Answer. I am your host, William Eastman, Program Director for GrowthWorks Media. And I am not in the studio this morning. I'm outside of Tom's River, New Jersey. And unfortunately, the year, or maybe fortunately, the year has started very fast. So I'm visiting some clients, our future clients. And um, anyway, I am calling in as opposed to being in the studio, which is what my preference would be. So let me start this off by doing some short uh, shout outs, uh, talk a little bit with Tracy, and then tell you how you can get involved because we're going to be doing things a bit different this season. So I want to say to our regular contributors who uh, not only offer their thoughts on the show, but also on programming, Andy Schulich with Metamorphosis Management Consulting. Uh, Andy is a full-featured management consultant, but uh, he, he made his bones as a process engineer. Ben Meredith at Ben Meredith Consulting. Uh, ben has been in the customer relationship, uh, relationship management software business longer than I will let on. Uh, needless to say, he wrote some of the original programs. And uh, so anything you want to know about uh, automating marketing and sales and making it work for your company, Ben has got to talk to. And and last but not least, and if you know Nelson, least is not the word to describe him, is Nelson Phillips at Financially Fit Business Solutions. And Nelson is our money man, um, whether you're talking about management of cash flow, we're talking about credit. In other words, you need money. Nelson's got to talk to. So they may call in today. They may not. But I just wanted to say that this is part of the team that makes up the GrowthWorks operation. With that, uh, the most important person in my life every Friday morning at 9.06 is on the board. And that would be Tracy Lynn. Good morning, Tracy. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I, you know, I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm on the radio now. I just <laughs> having to get up and, and, and drive north um, is not something that I wanted to do, but it's what I'm doing. Sure. So now I'm on the radio and I'm feeling better. How about you? Well, I've been a little bit under the weather this week, but uh, I think I'm, I'm on, on the downswing. I think I'm, I'm uh, over the hump and I'm, I'm starting to feel a little bit better. But at least it's the weekend. I'll be able to rest. Well, that's great. So maybe this is the residual of so many people and so many things and no break. 
Yes. And all the holidays, you know, all the hustle and bustle of the holidays. And, you know, I get this adrenaline going. And, and then when you come down off that adrenaline high, it's, you know, your my resistance gets low. And sometimes I use, sometimes I get sick after, you know, a holiday or I even get sick after vacation sometimes. It's crazy. <laughs> Okay, so so what that means is if I look at this pattern, you need a vacation after the vacation. That would be nice. Yes, I could use a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm hoping you're feeling better. And uh, uh, so uh, with that, have a great day. Give my best to Asher there back in, uh, in the studio. For those people who don't know, Asher Purvis is the station manager running uh, WNTW, whether you're listening to it on AM or FM, great guy. Yes. Uh, running a great business. So He's the glue crazy. that holds everything together. That's right. And the brains, too. Yes, definitely. All right, Bill. All right, thanks. Hope you feel better. Thank you. All right, season five. And for those people who are not regular listeners to the show, here's how it operates. Every season equates to a business quarter. So every 13 weeks, we have a new theme where we can cover uh, that type of particular information uh, related to the theme, and then we break it down into pieces. And the goal behind um, all these shows is that you can hire a consultant or you can listen to the radio show, whether you do it live on Friday. So if you're listening to it on a Friday, I'm live, and you can call in at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Or if it's on Saturday, then obviously it is recorded. Also, we have a shortwave broadcast and internet radio that we do. Basically, the idea behind everything is if you need to know it, we're going to provide it. Solution on demand is really kind of the theme for 2015. Uh, 2015, wow, that's going back, 2019. So let's talk about last season, and then let me take you through how you can uh, participate in the show. Last uh, last year, 2018, the whole focus was on business growth. Uh, season one was Stop Leaving Money on the Table, which had to do with how to sell better, better, especially better margin accounts. Season two, which started in April, It's Not What You Make, It's What You Keep, which was a focus on cost and profitability. Season three, which started in July, was Winning the Talent War, which is really critical right now because there are more open jobs and there are people willing to work. And then finally, we have Owner as Executive, which was our last season, which we started in October. And the focus of that was that owners need to change how they see themselves if they're going to change how the business is operated. So that's what we did last year. Now, this year, the whole theme of this year is going to be solutions on demand. We're going to provide business solutions, and then it's out there now. This first season, we got to put a stake in the ground. So season five is what we're going to call do-it-yourself turnaround because a lot of times what's happened is the business has got to the point where it needs some serious work. And what typically happens, and I've done a number of these, is you bring in some outsider to come in and make the changes and fix the company. Now, the owner sometimes stays. Sometimes the owner goes. That's kind of all based upon – uh, particular circumstances at that moment in time. But we decided that what we would do is we would talk about how we do it so you can do it yourself. And so a novel approach. Now, seasons six, seven, and eight, I don't know what we're going to do yet. In fact, we're going to be polling during season five to find out what other topics you want us to cover. And that we're going to be building content 
based upon what you like. And it's not going to be a huge task force because the way I want you to look at it, everything that we know, we broke it down into little pieces. So our knowledge base is like a huge parts house where it's all in little pieces. And when you say, I need X, it doesn't take us very long to go to the parts bin and assemble it. So this season is about turnaround. And uh, we're offering a new service that goes along with that. So let me get you into how to play with the show. Um, growthradio.biz, growthradio.biz, growthradio.biz. We'll take you to our website. So please go there right now. Uh, if you're listening to this recorded, I'd recommend you do it as well. If you're in your car, obviously you can't. And if you can't get there now, then what you do is you go to that page. And on the homepage, which is where it'll take you, growthradio.biz, if you scroll down, you'll see how what our process is. Um, you can sign up as a subscriber and get news about what we're currently doing so you know, hey, yeah, I'd, I'd like to have some of that. Or number two, you should like to download the show notes. This will take you to where we keep the show notes. Number three would be you want to listen to this live as opposed to over the radio. You can live stream it. Uh, number four is you can call in, join the conversation. So you can click here or dial 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. Uh, we have some courses that we're about to offer. So that is going to get hot. And then the last one, this is the alpha network. And if you listen to last week's show, which was last season's show, which was last year's show, one of the things we talked about is we're building a network for alpha business owners, male or female. I don't care what your age is. I don't care what your gender is. I don't care what your color is. Eth uh, ethnicity doesn't matter. Alphas are the people who get things done. And we're building a network of alpha owners where we can help them. And I'll talk about that a little bit more. But if you click that DIY plus, it'll take you to our let's talk page where you can join the alpha network. All right. So you're on a web page, growthradio.biz, or you're dialing it at 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. You look at the top bar, navigation bar on your page, click podcast. And what you'll see is here, we have our season five shows. And so we don't have this show in the can yet, so it doesn't have the broadcast up. Uh, but you, you see DIY turnaround overview, and then below that you see show notes. Uh, so what I want you to do is click show notes. That'll take you right over to today's notes. Now, the other way you can get there is uh, our blog site is Owner Life, and it's misspelled. So let me spell it for you. Misspelled on purpose. O-W-N-R dot L-I-F-E. And then as you get to that page, it looks like a, a series of magazine covers. Go to the upper left box, click it, open it up, and what you'll see is show 5.1. All right. How to turn around a business and overview. Now, the premise here is really simple. We've done this before, and we've turned around companies. We've done it without the owner. We've done it with the owner. Uh, one of the things that struck me with that is, gee, why don't we turn this into, like everything else we've done, into a do-it-yourself tool? So that's what we're doing right now. So what you can see here is all of the season five shows from today all the way down to March 29th, five, uh, show 513. And I talked about this last week, so I really won't go through this in detail um, except within the body of the conversation. So below that, you can see, all right, here's my show notes. Here's what I'm going to be talking from. This is critical information for you to have. And if you want to get engaged in what it says or what does it mean for you, 
or you have some alternative thir- uh, thoughts on it, 804-454-1366. Okay, so let me start here with leadership and management. Now, there's a lot of ways of talking about leadership and management, and most of them are correct. Uh, I think it's contextual conversation. In other words, tell me what the topic is because that changes what leadership and management means. In a turnaround, if you're coming in to fix an operation or you're looking at your own operation saying, I got I to gotta change what we're doing here, I want you to view leadership and management in the following terms. Leadership is about pulling people and the organization toward something better, toward a future. So you have to, when you're doing turnaround in business, you have to give people something to aspire to. Because more than likely, the situation at the moment isn't good. And building positive momentum around a negative message uh, typically does not work. Look at politics. Most politicians that run on all negatives have a difficult time winning for the most part. Uh, politicians that offer a positive vision uh, typically have a better, a better chance of winning because what people want to know is where are we going with this? So leadership is pulling people. You give them that vision. You tell them what's going to be. You try to model what it is. And what that is is an attraction is pulling people toward it. Management, on the other hand, is about pushing people in the organization to new levels of performance. In other words, it's one thing to have aspirations. It's quite another to begin to prod them and move them along. And so management is the stuff that you're doing to push the organization toward the aspiration. And so really good turnaround leaders um, uh, are, or if you're the business owner doing it, you need to have your head both in leadership and management. Leadership is where we're headed. Management is where we've been. And I think the big thing here is to understand that when you talk about the leadership aspect of it is that you have to give people kind of a burning platform on why staying where we're at won't work. And you just got to be careful about making it so negative, for example, coming in and going, you know what, Uh, if we don't change, we're going out of business. Fear incapacitates people. Now, I'm not saying lie to them. Um, You got to tell them the truth. But on the other hand, there has to be within that truth, there has to be a preponderance of good news, like we can do this, I'm confident, etc. That's why the aspiration. Now, let me get at something else. And that is, When you're a turnaround guy and I walk in, one of the advantages that I have is none of the BS going on is mine. I didn't do any of it. I don't own it. I didn't create it. I don't have any allegiance to any of it. And so I can come in and look at the company with fresh eyes. If it's your company and you're doing this, this is far more challenging because you know why everything that is going on, why it happened, whether it made sense when you did it, or it didn't make sense when you did it, but anyway, and so you've got to say to yourself, I've got to kind of disown the whole past. Now, I've got to own the fact that these are all my problems, but then I've got to say to myself, the past is the past, and whatever we did, wherever we did it, uh, I'm, not, I'm not going to downplay it, nor am I going to attack it. I'm simply going to say that what we were doing, we cannot no longer do, can't do it anymore. The other thing that happens is that most business owners, when they get themselves here, find themselves in, in an incredible depressed state. In other words, how did I let this happen? I've been here myself. 
And I can tell you that turning your own business around in many ways is far more difficult than turning around somebody else's business because you don't have this burden of, I did it. But you you know, this, you've got to own that and you've got to say to yourself, okay, I have a right to be depressed about this. I have a right to be angry at myself. And more than likely, this is all of this in terms of what's happening to me internally is being manifest externally and the people around me are either worried about me or they're very unhappy with me. Um, and uh, I can understand when spouses go, how could you possibly have let this happen to us, the family, if you're married or you have a significant other? And so I just want to start this by saying, if you, you know, it's kind of like Mission Impossible, uh, you know, Mr. Phelps, if you accept this mission, uh, it's going to be incredibly difficult. Now, the difference is we're not going to disavow any knowledge of your action. As a matter of fact, that's why we created our alpha network is I get how hard this is. And I want you, I want you to use us as a resource base because what we talked about last week, um, and I don't, I soft pedal this as a company, but let me come back to it because it's critical. GrowthWorks has two missions. There's only two things we're about. Number one is generating wealth for the business owner, which is really what it's about. It's generational wealth. How do, I, how do I help you create more wealth for yourself and your family so that you can pass something on? Number two is in the process of doing that, you're growing the company, and so what's happening is you're creating jobs. That's kind of it. Well, we've got this alpha network. We want you to participate in it because what's the goal with the alpha network? It's to create more wealth for you and your family generational wealth and help you produce better jobs. All right. So we got that out of the way. Now I'm going to cover four things in this presentation. Now that we've got this mindset issue done, one is operating principles. Uh, another short-term focus. Uh, third one is long-term focus. And then finally, what's kind of the core system. And so this is basically, you're going to get from me over 13 weeks, step-by-step step, how we do it. Uh, so operating principles. I got four things that I basically put into the company. Um, they should have been put in at the beginning. They weren't. And trust me, when I've done my own companies and I've, you know, I've, one of the things that we do, we, have, we, we act like a software company. And what I mean by that is when we first build a piece of software, we build new knowledge or new tools. We use it on ourselves. That's alpha. Zero, uh, that is uh, version one. Then what happens is that we test it out with clients. Now, they're not guinea pigs. They know what's going on. But we test it with clients, and we modify it as we go. Those are 2.0. And then finally, when we put it out for sale, it's a 3.0. It's a release. And so one of the things that struck me is I didn't do a very good job of building this foundation of my own company when I looked at these operating principles. So the first one is accountability. And accountability, and the way I'm defining it, is that everybody has clear expectations for their behavior and results. In other words, when I come to work, what's expected of me in terms of being a good uh, corporate citizen, a, a member of this company, what's expected of me uh, in terms of repre uh, representing the company when I deal with the public, when I deal with customers, what's expected of me in terms of my work habits, and then what results do I have to achieve, okay? And then finally, I, I need clarity on how that's gonna be measured. Um, now. What's critical about that is it brings discipline to the business. I, I can tell you right now, categorically, 
without exception. And of course, maybe the next turnaround I do, uh, and that could be a long time from now because they are, trust me, they are training on you if you're going to do them because it's not something you can do part-time. You're all in. Uh, and uh, it, being all in is pretty challenging when you've got, say, you've got 80 or 90 employees. You may have 500 souls who are eating and uh, put clothes on the kids' backs, send them to school, got a house to live in, et cetera, based on your business decisions. Um, and you don't own the company. That's, that's a lot to ask. But the issue of accountability is it brings businesses um, discipline to the business. And almost every one of the companies that I walk into that have a problem, it's a discipline problem. Not discipline in like terms of disciplining people, but there's no discipline to how the business runs. The other thing about it, which is interesting, is, and I've learned over the years, and I've learned this in the military, as a matter of fact, is that it separates the good employees from everybody else. People who are performers don't mind being held accountable. In fact, they kind of enjoy it. It's a game because one of the things that they do when they look around is they see the people who are not working as hard as they are. And they're saying, man, I wish somebody would hold those people accountable. It's kind of like, you know, you're going down the interstate and you're, you're doing your 10 plus uh, 10% plus the speed limit. So you're doing on a 70, you're doing a 70, you're doing 76 or 77. And some guy goes whipping by you like you're standing still. And what are you thinking? You know, you know, you're thinking, man, I hope the highway patrols out, get that boy. And so, we like accountability. So accountability is absolutely essential. Number two is feedback on results. And feedback on results is nothing more than forcing frequent conversations between the people in charge and the people doing the work. If there's an area in a business that falls down the most, and that is the failure to have frequent or timely Sometimes this works better if you do it around events than it does when we talk every week, etc. But the bottom line here is that if people are not getting feedback on what they're doing, they cannot correct their performance. Okay, so feedback the way to look at feedback is kind of like using uh, the missile program um, as, as an analogy is when the rocket's off course, the guidance system gives it feedback to correct it, to get it back on course. That's all we're talking about here. When we're talking about feedback here is nothing more than discussing performance that's outside of expectations. If you've set this up correctly and people know what to expect and then they're not behaving or not achieving the results that are expected, this is a conversation about why are we off track? What does it take to get us back on? And none of this has to be negative. None of this has to be kind of punitive. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. Number three, um, as we come up on the break, and by the way, if you want to join this conversation about our operating principles, 804-454-1366. That's 804-454-1366. The third one, and I think I can get this in before the uh, bottom of the hour, is peer support. Now, I could have called this team building, and I didn't, though team building would be considered part of this. This is more of creating a culture or an environment where people help each other out. Everybody is helping the other person do their job a little bit better, master the set of skills that they need, or learn new things. And this is really critical in the business because if it's kind of a dog-eat-dog environment, then, number one, it puts greater demand on the leadership in the firm because 
a lot of then a lot, if not all of the training and development is going to have to come from the people in charge. And in a small business, you don't have the resources to do that. You're already taxed out. If you're the business owner, you're already taxed out on what you can get done in on a given day. And so this is much more about a culture that you create in the business. So when we come back from the break, we'll pick this up on the peer support and culture. So with that, see you in three. Ciao. And we're back. This is Business Growth Radio Solutions on Demand. Uh, you are listening to WNTW 820 AM, 90, uh, 92.7 FM. Uh, and we're live if it's Friday, if it's Saturday or a podcast, and obviously it is recording. I'm your host, William Eastman. I'm program uh, manager for GrowthWorks Media, your host for the show. And today's conversation is the first show of 2019, season five. How to, how to do a business turnaround, how to do your own business turnaround. So if you're just joining the show, let me help you get all oriented here. Number one is uh, you want to start with going to our website, growthradio.biz. That's growthradio.biz. It'll take, that'll take you to the homepage. And that what you can see here is uh, six screens that will help you do business with us. If you click the show notes, that will take you over to our blog site where we post our show notes along with other articles that we've written about business growth. And if you look at the upper left corner, looks like a symbol for alpha. You click that and you got our notes. Okay. That's one way you can roll on this one. The second way you can roll on this is you can go to our podcasts and click podcast on the uh, top bar. And what you can see here is um, our first show for season five. Show 5.1, do it yourself turnaround. And there you can see a hot link to show notes and you can click that and that'll take you. And so, however, you get there, what we're talking about now is an overview of how we've done business turnarounds. And the last place I was at, they were unprofitable at about six million. We got them profitable at six and a half. And uh, after eight months, uh, left them at eight million. And uh, the owner was getting a pretty decent check. So that's kind of how all that rolled out. Okay. So where we left it off at the bottom of the break is we talked about the four operating principles we put into place, accountability, feedback on results, peer support, and planning is the owner's number one job. And where we left off was in peer support. However, what I'd like you to do is not to do this passively by just following along on our blog site or on our, our website. What I want you to do is call in and get a conversation going on this topic, 804 Four five four one three six six. I'll say it one more time. Eight zero four four five four one three six six, and I'll get you in. So where we left it off was I was concluding the thought on a culture around peer support, and um, it's much bigger than team building. The team building is part of that. Basically, what you want is an environment where 
if I put this in football terms for people who watch football, um, a lot of teams are successful uh, getting through injuries because they go, it's the next man up. Well, it's the same thing here is that uh, we're in this together. We're going to build this company together. And if you're not doing well, I'm going to help out here. Unless, of course, you're just a shirker and then you're not working hard and uh, that's a different issue. And that's why we talked about accountability and feedback on results. This assumes that people want to work and this is just trying to figure out how to build in the environment where they can be more successful. Now, the last one is planning is the owner's job one. And I really mean that because most business owners, and we talked about it all last season, uh, owner is executive is that most business owners are nothing more than either glorified technicians or glorified first-line supervisors. If they're lucky, they're glorified managers. Got to get out of that. You got to think like an executive, and executives run businesses based on results, but you can't get there from here. You cannot get from you're out there every day in the field uh, playing traffic cot and dictating how stuff gets done to managing by results. You cannot pull that off. There are intermediate steps on how to get there. And, and last year, all of season four, we talked about what those intermediate steps were. I just want to make the case here is that you need to start breaking out some time, some time that you've got where you can spend not dealing with day-to-day BS that's going on in the firm and focus in on kind of the near future and the further future. And when I talk about the near future, I'm talking about a couple quarters ahead where I'm the, where the, 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 the further future out, I'm talking maybe a year, no more than two or three. Uh, cause beyond that, now you have to be smarter. You can, you can be, I can, uh, from doing strategic planning on large corporations, I can tell you how we do it is we put together a five-year plan to say where we want to be in five years. Uh, we put some markers in place in terms of year three, year two, year one, but we really don't put much energy into it. We write the plan for year one. We write the plan for year five. And then as you come at the end of year one, you reassess where you are to say, what do I want to say for year two? Same thing here. And that is by removing yourself from the day-to-day business, you have the freedom to start researching for new opportunities and build a plan to make it happen. Choose the market. Every market that you're in presents you with opportunities to grow the company or provides threats that will stifle growth or actually stifle the success of the company. And so in a turnaround in the early stages, you don't have time for this. But one of your goals is to make time so that I can begin to get here. And how do I do it? I get the other three corporate operating principles in. All right, so let me talk about the short-term focus because in a turnaround situation, everything is about now. Everything is immediate. And how you deal with the first couple of weeks to the first month will determine how successful, if you are successful, okay? So if you, this is, uh, you know, go back to the old TV program, MASH, uh, you're basically operating, a, uh, operating, that's a good word, you're running a, uh, a uh, combat medical triage center. And so what you're asking yourself, what's the current situation with the patient? Where are we hemorrhaging money, customers, employees, et cetera? What is the root cause of the bleeding? That's what I want to do right now. I got to stop the bleeding. Now, what happens a lot of times is that the company is not making any money and it's going down. And the emphasis that comes, well, we need to sell more. We need more revenue. I can tell you that my experience is that 
and the literature says it as well. If you read anything written by some of the great turnaround artists over the last 20 or 30 years, everybody will say the same thing to you. If you go after revenue first, you go down because your problem is not revenue. Your problem is cost. That's really what the issue is. If you have bad margins with the revenue you have, they're not going to get very much better if you increase your revenue. In fact, there's an old joke that revenue hides all sins. And so companies that got a lot of revenue coming in don't seem to be too concerned about profit uh, or cost until they are, until things get bad. And so it kind of masks your problems. So in the short-term focus, what I want to do is I want to first look for money laying around. I'm going to tell you that 10 to 20% I can find 10 to 20% more cash. I don't, I, I don't care how much money you got right now. If I look at what your cash flow needs are, say, for the month, I bet you I can find 10 to 20% if you haven't done this before. So where, where do I go? Inventory gathering dust. Because inventory gathering dust is really cash gathering dust. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to take a look at our inventory. We're going to take a look at our turns. We're going to take a look at what we're stocking when we're buying it, how long is it there? And we're going to say, how much money can we save by buying more efficiently? If we've got inventory we haven't used, can we somehow use it or can we sell it at a discount? My my job here with the inventory is to get this as lean as we can within reasonable bounds and get get rid of by selling anything we're not using. Because if it's sitting there and it's not being used, so what if I get 75 cents on the dollar? I'll, that's a lesson learned that I won't do that again, but also on top of it is at 75 cents, I know how. Second place I look is in accounts receivable, not collected. Um, there's a huge amount of dollars here on how we do this. And I don't, I, I completely don't understand how some business owners are so laissez-faire about collecting their accounts receivable, other than they feel as if perhaps they're being nasty to clients. No, that's not the case at all. Is that, in fact, you're being perceived as being dumb. Or dupe. It's your money, and as far as I'm concerned, anything over 30 days is a loan. And unless you are running a bank, you're not running a bank. And so I'm going to take a look at my accounts receivable, and I'm going to start collecting it. And if I can't collect it on time, then I'm going to factor parts of it. Uh, and factoring is somebody that'll buy your accounts receivable. I'll do all those things um, to get more money in. So I got inventory, I got accounts receivable. Then the next place I go is I take a look at what discounts are available and my accounts payable, because more than likely I'm at the limit of my accounts payable and I'm not getting any credit from my suppliers because I've already stretched this out. And so I'm going to take a look at what discounts I didn't get and begin to target it. Now, I may not have the money to take care of this right now because I'm in arrears on my accounts payable, but as I find money from inventory and as I find money from accounts receivable, I'm going to go after the payables first. Because if a lot of people will give you a 5 to 10% discount um, if you pay immediately. Now, you have to determine, uh, and there's, there's a mathematical formula called the, uh, the, current, the current versus uh, future value of money, that you can determine what that ought to be. I don't want to get into it here because that's not the purpose of this particular uh, show. But I'm going to look at all of the potential discounts that I can get and go after them. And that's going to be one of the first things I do with whatever money I find. 
And if you got a 10% discount, and let's say that your accounts payable are 10000 a month and you got a 10% discount, I just found a grand. That's $1,000 I don't have to have in the company. And then the last thing I take a look at is lines of credit. Now, most, most small business owners don't have lines of credit. So let me go after those of you who don't have lines of credit. What is a line of credit? A line of credit is nothing more than money that you have received from more than likely the bank that smooths out cash flow. This is not money that you go out and buy a new truck with or a new computer system. You do not spend that money in that fashion. This money is for, we've got widely gyrating business. I, for example, I work in the landscape industry and one of them, that's one of the verticals I work in and landscaping is incredibly seasonal. And so there are some landscaping firms that'll go four or five months with money going out the door for material and payroll, but no money coming in. What's the goal? What's the, what's the job of a line of credit is to cover cash flow during those periods of time. So you are sleeping at night, not worrying about how you're going to make payroll or pay your bills. Your bills are being paid on time. Your employees are being paid on time. Um, and you're doing that out of this line of credit. Then when things get good, what is the first thing? One of the first things you do, you pay down the line of credit and you get it back down, maybe not to zero, but you get it way down because what do you think the bank is monitoring? The bank knows why they gave you a line of credit and they know what they told you when they gave you that line of credit. So if you don't have one, that's where we've got to go. And we've got to get that line of credit to smooth out cash flow. If you need new equipment, you need uh, to make purchases of that nature, that's a capital investment. And either you're going to go get money alone specifically for that or lease it. All right. So what I find is I can I, in a business that has not looked at this hard, we can find 10, 10 to 20% more money. So again, yeah, I, um, what I'm saying is that if your cash flow demands are $10,000 a month, I bet you we can find a grand. And then you take that money and use that money to get either in a better position on your accounts payable, or you use that money to pay down your line of credit, or you use the better financial situation to get a line of credit. And once you're beyond that, then you can use that money also to go after um, your cost savings because really where you want to go here in the short term for focus is once you got this money taken care of is that you want to go after cost. Um, people talk about uh, they want to increase profitability. Well, the only way you can increase profitability is by decreasing cost. Uh, profitability is an effect. Cost is, is the cause. And so, I want to use this, these dollars to say, how do we reduce variable and fixed cost in production? How do we reduce variable and fixed cost in marketing? How do we do it in sales? How do we do it in people? Uh, so, for example, in production, it could be that our scrap rates are too high or our waiting times are too high. In the landscape industry, waiting times is windshield time. I've got guys in the truck for 40 minutes, and I'm paying them. And they're going between sites. Well, that's a scheduling issue because why are we going 40 minutes between sites? So I'm going to be taking a look at production. I'm going to be taking a look at marketing to say how where are we, how much, what are we getting for our marketing spent? Now, if we're not spending any money on marketing, then probably the question, the conversation is going to shift to we should be because if you're not spending any money on marketing, then all sales are uh, basically uh, cold calls, and that's no fun. So you need some marketing. I want to know what's going on in the marketing spend. 
I want to take a look at what's going on in sales because I want to know, you know, how long people are in the funnel. Uh, are we doing any discounting? What's our close rate between what we get in the beginning of the sales funnel and what we get out? I'm looking for ways to reduce costs. And in sales, the way to reduce costs is to have a higher ratio of closed uh, deals from people coming in. So if you get 100 in the beginning of the funnel and you are only got five, I could decrease the cost by getting 10. Um, I, can, I can do that by reducing the amount of time it takes. So there's a lot of ways I can get at that. And on the people side, I'm going to look at sick days, accidents. I'm going to be looking at worker comp issues. I'm going to be looking at those type of things, employee turnover, uh, excess of absenteeism. Those are all the things I'm going to do in the short term and get that fixed as best I can before I start worrying about bringing more money into the company. Now, we're going to, we're going to blow that out this season. And in fact, um, if I scroll back up on our show notes, um, shows five, three through five, seven. So that's from the 18th of January through the 15th of February, we're going to be dealing with all of the short-term focus issues that you need to do. The next one is long-term. And so hopefully now what's happened is that I freed myself up just tad. And what I want to do is I want to kind of, when I look at the long-term focus, I want to say I have what I'm going to call the near future and I'm going to call the far future. And the near future is within this operating year. The far future is beyond this year. That's how I want to look at it. Okay. So once I'm here, then my goal is to take a look at one is scalability. Um, can this company be scaled as it is right now? Or what infrastructure do I have to put into place um, in order to grow the company. So for example, is we find out that as we get these efficiencies in marketing and sales, um, that we probably have 10% more capacity that we could, if we sold more, we could do more. Well, I'm going to take a look at that capacity to say, is that really true? Can we actually do that? And so I'm going to be looking for any obstacles, bottlenecks, constraints in our production system um, so that I can, as we aggressively market and sell now, I can absorb this excess capacity, and the more that I can absorb that, the better the margins are because more than likely, all of my fixed costs have been paid. So now everything only has the variable cost of doing the work. The other thing I'm going to be taking a look at is what capital investments do I need to make and where, where am I going to get the money? Um, do I have to add a new line of production? Do I need to get a new truck? Um, do I need to buy new tools? And so, And how am I going to finance that? Uh, am I going to pay for it out of sales? Am I going to lease it? Am I going to purchase it? And if I if I lease it, do I have sufficient credit in order to pull that off? And if I'm going to purchase it, where does that money come from? And so those are the things that in the near future, I'm really focusing in on. On the far future, uh, and what I say by the near future is that I can see that what we're doing now in the short-term focus it's going to take three to six months. So if we start in January, I know that someplace late May, early June, we should be in pretty good shape. Okay, now what? So when I say the near term or the near near future, I'm saying, okay, we get here in May. What do I have planned for late May, early June that's now going to take advantage of that and turn that investment 
uh, into a much better rate of return than the previous investments we've made in terms of spending time and money on things. Uh, and then the capital investments, uh, I've already indicated where I need to get money because all you have been to the bank know what I'm talking about is that the bank only seems to want to lend money when you don't need it. And so if you go to the bank and you need money and I'm probably not going to get it, I want to start working on that right now. Now, the far future is I want to take a look at all the external drivers. What are all the things that affect my company, my industry, the region I'm in, and customer buying habits? What's, what is happening in those external drivers? Because what I want to do is I want to identify what are the threats and opportunities that I can see six months to, say, 18 months down the road that are coming at me. So, for example, right now today, you look at the economy, I would be somewhat concerned. Uh, it hasn't stalled and it hasn't gone into recession, but it's giving the indicators that it could be around the corner. So that, therefore, what, what are the, what, how are my markets going to respond to that? And then therefore, how do I have to respond to that? And then finally, I'm also going to be looking in the long-term focus about this idea of when we get to capacity and we're now based upon the company that we currently built with the employees we have, with the financing that we have, it's only going to get so big. So let's say that I'm a, I'm a landscape company. I've got $250,000 of revenue coming in from one truck. And I figure that it, to service the region I'm in and not have too much windshield time, I can, I can run four trucks. Okay, I get my business to four trucks. What do I do? I'm at a million dollars. I've got four trucks. I've got 12 employees in the field. I probably have myself and somebody else in the in, in the in the office. So I have under 15 employees. Okay. I can't get any bigger with this model. Cause if I add another truck, uh, it doesn't mean that I can add more business. So what do I do? And that's what I've talked about. Well, what's next? What's the next reinvention of the company? And that's what you're doing with the long-term focus. Now, let me pull all this together as we're coming up to the end of the hour. And that is to say that what this really leads you into is kind of the core system of how to run the business. And I, I've been an advocate and have used it for years, and that is what was called MBO or managing by objectives. And the, the goal of managing by objectives is basically to put the discipline in place where you know day in and day out consistently the company is run not the same way, but the right way, which is the same way. So some of the things that we will talk about in this one, and this will take us kind of toward the end of season five, is what is the planning process? Planning is absolutely essential in the business, and it's the primary responsibility of the owner uh, slash chief executive officer, if I can call you that, okay? Number two is how do we negotiate performance? Because one of the things about management by objective systems that don't work it's a top-down mandated approach, and that's one of the reasons it doesn't work, because in a large corporation, there may be four or five levels between the people who are doing the planning and the people who have got to basically honor the plan. And so what they send down, you look at it and go, that, that ain't possible. So how do we negotiate this? Because on the one hand, people are going to take a laydown if they can get it. In other words, they're not going to be too challenged. And on the other hand, as a business owner, you want to really challenge them and stretch them. And so how do we negotiate performance out? That's number two. Number three is I want to start managing the business visually. And that's just me, but I want to self-manage visually. So how do we begin to organize the work area 
to where the performance of individuals and teams and departments are all very, very visible. And that starts with basically a balanced scorecard type of system. And then the last one in this management by objectives is we manage by meeting. Now, I'm not talking about having a lot of meetings. I'm talking about keeping your meetings limited and focused to how you're going to manage and negotiate performance. That's it. If it's a, if it's a meeting to pass on information, uh, send an email because that's a much better way of doing it. This people's time is too valuable to be sitting in a meeting talking about something that can be handled in a different way. I would never have a meeting where I have people read stuff. Now, why is that? You're wasting time. This meeting is to discuss a topic to come to an agreement that's enforceable. So in the next meeting, what are we going to do? We're going to have a conversation about what we've agreed to do and whether or not we've done it. And so that is really what effective management by objective operations look like. And so if I can put, number one, the operating principles in place that we talked about, accountability, feedback and results, peer support, and planning is job one for the owner. And then what we do is we immediately go after the short-term problems, okay, cash and cost, quality and capacity, marketing and sales, talent and compensation, and immediately go after that stuff and fix that because nothing is going to get better until that's fixed. Then we go after the long-term focus, and the long-term focus is the scalability of the company, where and how do we make our capital investments so that, and these are all assets to produce money, okay? Number three is what are the external drivers that I need to be focused on that are going to affect the buying habits of my core accounts? And then when we get, when we grow the company to the point it can't grow any further, what are we going to do now? And all of that is achieved. All of that can happen over time if I understand that my core system um, is basically management by objectives, which means planning, negotiating performance, managing, managing visually, and managing by meeting. I do those things, and I will have a company that is humming along. And then you have the options of, well, what do we do next, which we talked about last season. So the thing I want to do with here, I believe I have about a minute or so, is I want to, I want to put a plug in for a new service that we're offering. It's free. We're not charging for it. Uh, there may be some fees involved in, involved in it over time. Cool. But right now, if you want to do your own turnaround, you're looking at your business, you're totally dissatisfied, and you want to fix it. You don't want to, you don't, either don't have the money or don't want to spend the money to bring somebody in, then join our alpha network. And if you're on the uh, show notes page uh, on our blog site, you'll see kind of in red the alpha network. If you just click that, that will take you back to our website. And says join the Alpha Network. Put you in your email address, and we'll get back to you. So with that, I hope you're looking forward to a great 2019, and I'll see you next week. Take care. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chumba. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.